You are now listening to PG. In the pursuit of science, Stephen Hawking once said, The usual theory of eternal inflation predicts that globally our universe is like an infinite fractal, with a mosaic of different pocket universes separated by an inflating ocean. Now, in the pursuit of awesomeness, I once said, So does that mean it could kick another universe's ass? That's right. This week we're asking who would be the true champion in interdimensional warfare. Joining me for this important endeavor are Liam, Ash, and Alex. So let's do it. It's universe versus universe. <laughs> I feel like I needed air horns at the end there. Just oh, oh. <laughs> da, 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 da. No, that's um, that's John That's back that, last that's week. last week's episode. That was last week's episode. <laughs> I was thinking. No, I was thinking. You know the one they do at like the like the, the Call of Duty montages where it's like da, yeah, yeah, da, da, like da, the air horn. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. That's... The MLG horn, as they call it. The The MLG horn. So I need to get this one out of the way straight away. Universe versus universe. Star Wars versus Star Trek. People always say who would win on this. Star Wars would fucking win. They have a planet... Liam! Liam! Liam. (laughs) Yeah? Momentary pause to explain what universe versus universe actually means to the audience. (laughs) Fine. Then you can carry on. (laughs) He was ready. (laughs) So he was fucking ready. I was warmed up. Liam, Liam was too full of this, this, this subject of the face. Liam's more antagonized about this than he was about the episode in which, like, the whole the wrestling episode that was for him. That was yeah, like, his the, episode. Last, last week was all for Liam's, like, expert knowledge in wrestling. Good like, lord, right. <laughs> fair, so you, I enjoyed that one. <laughs> can I get, can I please get out the what this is so we can move on? Universe, universe versus universe is essentially the premise of if we were to take. Uh, a military force of size, so in this case, the Empire, I'm assuming, from Liam's perspective, or, yeah. uh, or the Rebellion, or one of those two for- functions, and they were, they were, they met in a, should we say, a, a even battlefield. So, for example, if it's like mermaids versus, I don't know, werewolves, which is an odd one, we may, we may have to examine that in more detail, but it would be like, they, it, well, I mean, if it's mermaids, mermaids versus werewolves, they would be in a world that had water and land, because otherwise yeah. the werewolves It's a neutral the venue where they yeah. both have no advantage. Exactly, a neutral venue where they both have no advantages, and we ask the question, who would come out on top? So in this instance, Liam, so, clearly, has some, clearly, clearly has some thoughts about... <laughs> if we think about, about it, the Federation of Planets fucking suck at fighting. So Star Trek, they would straight up lose in the first place. The Empire have a fleet of ships... Uh, I'm gonna go with uh, uh, like New Hope style Empire. We're not doing. Oh, um, yeah. So the, the we're not doing Rise of Skywalker with the massive fucking planet blower upper guns on them. Um, but they already have one of those. They have one of those in every instance. Exactly. They also have a Death Star. So no, 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 no. That's a moon. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but as you were saying, it, we got we got to find like a, a a battlefield that's even. It doesn't matter what battlefield you pick. If the if the battlefield's somewhere, it's a planet, and therefore it is being destroyed. We're gonna yeah. have to establish some rules, then, aren't we? So so. I'm going to say, right, Liam, let me establish the rules. We've got a whole episode to talk about this. Just let me finish introducing the episode. <laughs> Fine. <laughs> okay, so we're going to have to establish the rules. So shall, shall we say that the intention of the fight is to conquer? So the Empire wants to, say, conquer some planets or, you know, something like that. So basically anything that would, you know, planet-destroying stuff that stops there from being a fight doesn't happen see i was going to say on that one star trek and star wars both revolve around space not technically a planet so their neutral battleground would just be the vast space that would work i wouldn't need the planet 
Because I think it would be fair to allow the Death Star to fire on the fleet, yeah, just yeah. not on a on the planet. Similar to Rise, uh, Return of the Jedi, where they were firing um, on the Rebel I fleet. I would say, actually, if 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 we're making it um, that the objective is to conquer, then Star Trek might win because the Empire can't conquer shit for very long and keep getting immediately, like taken down by a band of rebels that isn't very large like every fucking that? 30 years no also also i i would say that the uh the empire would actually win because they are the intention is to conquer i never said for a long time as long as they've got one day yeah of conquering <laughs> and, and done that's good enough you gotta remember the empire had the entire fucking galaxy for about 20, 25 years. Uh, I think Luke's 20, 20 in New Hope. Yeah. So it was it's just years. that nobody wants to watch a film about peasants suffering, so they kind of had to exactly. like, change that vibe. I mean, isn't that isn't that just Rogue One? Uh, to be fair, that was a good movie. <laughs> but also 20 years later, because it's five minutes before yeah, yeah. New Hope. So. Yeah. <laughs> I love how close they put that movie to New Hope. Because, because, if, because, because, right, if they put that like five years after Clone Wars, no one would care because, like, it would just be people suffering for no reason. But to put it like five minutes before A New Hope, obviously the ending, they pass, like, yeah, the <laughs> ending is literally the start of A New Hope. So, like, people yeah. actually care about that. I mean, but yeah. it's just that how successful is your conquering if you get taken down by the amount of people you can fit in the Millennium Falcon? I mean, they don't just get taken down by to just To be fair, them. one of it's, them is a space wizard. Yeah, one of them is a space wizard. And it's not just them, it's the entire fleet of the Rebellion. Which is actually quite large. I think the power of space wizards could cause some real trouble because yeah. the, the Star Trek. Oh, actually, you know, I was going to say Star Trek aren't like equipped to deal with space wizards, but they do deal with like weird space gods and like a yeah. lot of like you but, know like freaky magic shit. Or do they just like democracy their way through it? They do democracy. It's through a, a lot, lot of, stuff. of democracying the way through shit, isn't it? And I don't think the Emperor would deal with like. The Emperor's I, I, just had to suffer, like, 40 years of a Clone Wars, like, democracy battle. I think he's done with that. He thing. wouldn't fuck around. <laughs> yeah, he like, would no, not like, kill them all. The Enterprise would be the first motherfucker to blow up. <laughs> I am not attending any more Galactic Senates, okay? I don't know if you heard. I am the Senate. It's done. <laughs> does, does Star Trek have hyperspace? They must, yeah. Uh, no, they yeah, have yeah. warp speed, and it's, it's slower. It's much slower. I was going to say, because the Empire can just zip into, like... Hyperspeed is seconds. Uh, so, uh, Star Wars, hyperspeed is seconds. Warp speed can take a couple... Uh, can be, depending on how far out it is, 30 minutes to a few hours. That's such a massive advantage to Star Wars. No, 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 no. I'm going to make some more some more uh, tactical adjustments here. I think no we movement. have to... No, no, I was just going to say, I think <laughs> you we have, have to... <laughs> Even them out, so warp speed and, and light yeah, speed yeah. Well, are about the well, same. Well, what do you think there. about though? Like in in Star Wars, they stay within the inner rim whenever you see it, or they stay within the outer rim. They yeah. never say how long it takes to get to the inner rim or the outer rim from either. So it could take half an hour to get from there to there. Yeah, um, the longest travel time was Tatooine to Alderaan, which is outer to inner, and in. Uh, a new hope that does take a bit because obviously Luke starts training with a lightsaber in that time, and then they yeah. get there. And the, that could that could have took a up. few that could have took a few days when you think about in it. In most instances, I think we can safe to assume the 
we can kind of just be like, they're the same for now. For this purpose, Listen, they're the same. I think what we've got to consider, though, and this is because fuck all the boring space shit, right? What we've got to consider is never that I love that's such before. a fucking that's, stupid that has thing never, to say. That sense has never been said before. Like, fuck that boring space shit. <laughs> Both series are literally called stars. <laughs> yeah. And you're like, well, fuck Let's the ignore space them. shit. Yeah. But I think, I think a key part of this will actually, I know we said like that their major component is space, but I think a key part of this will be the infantry clash because if if like you took a battalion of stormtroopers you know legendary bad shots true but actual like military dudes who's the who's the stormtrooper equivalent in star trek they're all sort of the red guys the red shirts yeah so but the red shirts aren't like soldiers they're just sort of like like some of them are just like dudes they're they're more united federation of planets don't even have an army they just have officers exactly. like they've got there so they don't have troops and yes the stormtroopers are notoriously bad shots in the movies they caveat that well they don't but the theory is is they're bad shots because they're shooting at a guy with the force it's also the- yeah recently in in like stuff like clone wars and stuff we've seen that at the very least they can uh, fucking like, kill a lot there are stormtroopers that can kill people like it's not, they're not all incompetent it's stuff like the 501st and stuff they are notorious yeah. jedi well you take stuff like you that, take the so. 501st and you pit them against what like the crew of the enterprise the crew of the enterprise is getting executed like like <laughs> And then, like you're adding, then you're adding like, all the droids that the Empire or, all, exactly. or, like, already have. And, as I previously mentioned, the space wizards. Yeah. Yeah, well, we've got Vader and Palpatine. And- Vader would tear Captain Kirk to shreds. It would be brutal. Exactly. You've got the Inquisitors and stuff. So the argument that Star Trek might have a chat, they would fucking lose quick. Yeah, <laughs> you could probably just about send Vader by himself to the em- <laughs> Enterprise, couldn't you? He like they'd shoot him with a laser and he'd just stop it with his hand. Like, yeah, what? that famous scene from the from the comics where he's surrounded and goes, "I'm surrounded by dead men." Like that's it. <laughs> that's such a good line. But yeah, the thing I think that people that that makes people confused is that like if you is a lot of people go like Millennium Falcon versus the Enterprise now. Keeping in mind the fact the Enterprise is about the size of a Star Destroyer. Like, it's fucking mahoosive. Yeah, if, like it's, if not it's the a, Death Star itself. Yeah, like, whereas the Millennium Falcon is like the size... It, it's like it's like the Star Trek equivalent of a VW Beetle. Like, yeah. so... So, obviously, the Millennium Falcon would get blown the fuck up. But, this thing... But, like I said, the Enterprise is like Star Destroyers. And as we've seen, there's a lot of Star Destroyers and not that many Enterprises. In terms of just... Because... That's the thing. Star Trek is a is a post war society full of like good vibes in humanity. So most of our space tech is for exploring. Obviously, there's like the Romulus and stuff, but we we diplomacy our way out of most of those problems, don't we? Yeah. So I just don't think there's as much like Star Wars is always at war constantly. There's just more guns. That's, it's, it's in the it's in the name. It's literally the difference <laughs> between the two shows. Star Trek treks it's around the, the stars. <laughs> it's the difference between a trek and a and a war. <laughs> So, when it comes to an actual battle between the two, Wars is winning hands down because they are fucking in a fight constantly. They're, they're Trek equipped get for there it. every so often, and it never goes well. So when I um, so speaking of like Star Wars, when I uh, when I first suggested this episode after watching something that not triggered, inspired, <laughs> inspired is different to triggered. Uh, that inspired me. Uh, my my question was, could the Empire conquer Kanto? And I'd like to talk about that. <laughs> Go for it. Please, See, right. I have thoughts on this as well. Yeah. So uh, we're assuming maybe like it's a, it's like a a couple of star destroyers. Let's not. I wouldn't. I wouldn't give them the whole of the. Don't Empire, give them the imagine, whole Imperial so. fleet. A couple of battalions is probably the best way. We- a couple of battalions, yeah, because it's one planet, right? So my question that I think we have to examine that's crucial, right, 
is that it's, uh, for those that aren't obviously in the know, Kanto Pokemon, Pocket Monsters, the uh, Japanese phenomenon. The, that, that, that very niche thing that, that uh, still stuff. <laughs> yeah, nobody's ever heard of Pokemon. It's very niche. Um, but um, yeah, my question is, right, because this is going to change a lot, lasers versus Pokemon. What does that do to a Pokemon? Because Pokemon set themselves on fire. They electrocute each other. Like They use laser beams. Yeah, so... How effective would Imperial Blasters be on a Pokemon? Is my question, I suppose. Right. But, you have, but you're thinking about this wrong, though, right? Not even the Pokemon. People in that universe survive getting hit by lightning and survive getting hyper-beamed. Like, the humans alone are way more powerful than normal humans. That's only true in the anime, though, I suppose. Which is, are we going to go games? Are we going to go anime? Are we going to go the fucking... I would say go with the most popular, which I'd is I'd rather go games, just because the anime is very inconsistent. Like, I'm confused by stuff. Sometimes, because in the anime, sometimes when they get set on fire, it hurts. And then sometimes it doesn't. And sometimes they get burned, and sometimes they don't. And, like, I just... The game, at least, they're consistent. In the game, the humans have the resistance of, like, slightly tougher regular humans. So, like... Which makes sense because they train a lot in... Yeah, yeah. So... But, like, you wouldn't... uh, You know know what I mean? So they can't survive They would still get killed. Yeah, like, if you got hyperbeamed straight up, it would probably do, like, serious damage. Eviscerate you. (laughs) Also, you don't take into consideration that, like, if the Pokemon's level 1, it won't hurt you. If the Pokemon's level 100, it will kill you outright. What have we seen the hyperbeam cut through, though? Like... Uh, does it cut through metal? Does it cut through buildings? Boats? Does it? Does a tentacle? Much... A tentacle used one in the cancelled episode that straight up cuts through buildings. I'm I sure think... it destroys a city using beams. I I know we said not using the anime, but using some anime. Not we're mostly games, right. but so, we do have so to go mainly, some anime. Like, the humans are based off the games. Like with some of the stuff, we're gonna have to go off anime because because that's the only visual res- representation. The games are two D mostly, and yeah, yeah, stuff like that. But even in the even in the games, I think we've seen uh, like uh, we've seen evidence of buildings that have been destroyed by Pokemon battles. Yes, so they can break buildings. I'm guessing that's, that's the. Like, I mean, if you go off the games, are we going off Pokedex entries though? Like within the games, because that is even more insane. That's a good point. I think we might have to go on a case-by-case basis. Yeah, because... Because they change each game anyway. Like, like, a Tyranitar literally eats mountains and destroy, like, just outright. It's just like, I'm going to eat a mountain. Here's what I think about lasers versus Pokemon, right? I think that an Imperial Blaster would probably do the same damage to, like, a Pokemon that maybe, like, it would do to, like, an armoured human in the, in, the, in the Star Wars movies. You know how, like... Yeah. Not... You know how like a star a stormtrooper can take like a blast and maybe not die like mm. they'll they'll sort of like be wounded or that kind of stuff like you can get them out. Uh, I think that if you were to get like an ATAT, that could blow away like smaller weaker Pokemon. You like if it was like a level hundred Pokemon, if it was like a top tier Pokemon, I reckon it could it could like it could probably go toe to toe with an ATAT on like a. You know, like a, like the ATAT would probably hurt a lot, and it would hurt. It could probably destroy the ATAT. That's I just, my. I just had a thought. What about like? What would it do to Groudon? Like he's he's made of rock. We've seen rocks get hit by ATATs and survive. When I right, okay, yeah, I will I will agree with you on that, and I will say that that it, I'm I'm referring to say like weaker, fleshier Pokemon. So it's say it's like a let's say like a Rapidash versus an ATAT. I would even go to say as like Golem, like even Golem would probably get exploded because it's not a powerful thing. But if you got like a if you got like a st- you see I think you have to because obviously we're going games a bit but I think we have to go with what I like to call the uh, 
the unified theory of Pokemon, which is something I've spent a lot of time working out in my head because I write a lot of fan fiction because I'm a fucking virgin. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I'm not, I swear. Ask my girlfriend. She's real. Uh, but anyway, I think that in the Pokemon universe, uh, there is a certain level of like, um, sort of, you have, well, you know how like in real life you have like physical strength and then weight and then like that kind of stuff. So if you're yeah. heavy, you're not necessarily strong, but if you're heavy, you can still like, kind of hit hard even though you're not strong i think in in pokemon the kind of level adds on to that as well so like if you're a small pokemon but you're a high level you can hit hard but if you're a big pokemon even if you're a low level just your your natural weight kind of helps you out there so like an onyx obviously could smash a pikachu even if the onyx wasn't particularly strong but the even if the onyx was soaked in water yeah, 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 as we've seen, classic, way, way back. But the Pikachu could also potentially beat the Onyx if it was a high enough level because, like, they get, like, a power-up. You kind of get like that. They yeah, get, like, yeah. a kind of, like, an like anime-style aura kind of thing. They literally yeah. do get that now in the anime. Mm. See, but... Yeah, but, like, what are the... I know there's, like, X-Wings and Y-Wings for the Rebellion, but what are the, like, uh... Are so you about to ask what the Imperial ships yeah, look like? Yeah, no, what uh, are they called? Alex, have you ever heard of, you ever heard of TIE Fighters? If you have, if you have say, type... just said X-Wings and have... Y-Wings, they TIE Fighters. Alex, have you not seen Star Wars? <laughs> 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 I don't know what TIE Fighters are called. Alex is having a fucking stroke. Oh, anyway, I'm saying I feel like a TIE Fighter could beat the shit out of most Pokemon. But then enter Rayquaza and any of the legendary birds. And Deoxys. They don't count in the most category. Are we going to take into account the legendary Pokemon? Because they're not controlled. So. No, but uh, Rayquaza's one goal is to defend Earth. That is his that one is task. True. This is true, but he's not Kanto. Uh, no, I mean, he's that, Yeah, okay, but Kanto was just like my general. Are we just going Pokemon World? All right, well, yeah, no. Empire's fucked because Arceus. No, nah, you see, I reckon. Arceus is a weak piece of shit. Fight me on Yeah, it. but he's Pokemon God. <laughs> so. No, he's not. He's a piece of shit. Alright. Arceus is a piece of, right, I'm, we're assuming that none of the divine Pokemon show up because they're like like in the same way that if we invaded Russia, like the Christian god wouldn't show up and help us invade <laughs> Russia. The, uh, the Baba Yaga the Baba Yaga wouldn't yeah. appear and attack us if we invaded. Yeah. But in terms of like the more the more terrestrial sort of legendary but legendary yeah, like Rayquaza obviously we know for a fact he lives in the atmosphere. So like that's yeah. so I reckon Rayquaza is big and strong, right? But the, the advantage the Empire has here is numbers. As long as, like, I reckon a fleet of TIE Fighters could take Rayquaza down. I reckon, I reckon he'd fuck them up. Like, he'd take there'd be a lot of casualties. Down, yeah. yeah, he'd take yeah. a good fucking chunk out. How fast have we ever seen a Pokemon fly? I know we have some Pokemon that can fly, but I've never seen them fly very fast. They are comparable to planes, I believe. Yeah, so Rayquaza can move around the Earth in less than half an hour. What about most Pokemon? Pretty quick. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> most poke- most most bird Pokemon move at the same speed as a bird in real life. Like they are based off. Apart from when you get to the fact of like Pidgeotto and stuff like that, like they move insanely fast. They even learn moves called like Extreme Speed and stuff like that. I'd say that regular like low level bird Pokemon are bird speed, and then top tier yeah. like you sort of like you t- like you're well trained like really strong bird Pokemon are probably like. Maybe biplane or like not jet engine, but like quite fast plane kind of speed, you know, yeah. like somewhere between a biplane and a jet engine in that middle ground. So they could they could go up against planes, but they would be like it would there'd be casualties. There'd be massive yeah. Pokemon casualties and, to take out Tie Fighters. And once Tie Fighters enter atmosphere, they move at the same speed as a plane. 
But I reckon that, you see, because once again, we have to assume at least some kind of vaguely unified Pokemon front. Otherwise, this is just a very awful tragedy. Well, we have, we um, have seen that before with all Pokemon do unify in uh, X and Y, I think they show it off with the uh, Pokemon war that they reference. There was a reference to it in the TV show, I think, as well. Yeah. Called, it's like a green army and they've got Pokemon in, like, armor and stuff like that. So there is an army. Oh no, but like no, no, no. I mean, I mean, like in X and Y, they literally show like a side where Pokemon versus Pokemon with no trainers. It was literally Pokemon ah. fighting each other. It was two two different sides of a war. And like that's that's the whole concept of Pokemon X and Y is the bad guy wants to recreate that. So we can assume that there is at least some form of like resistance. The trainers obviously will also be like yeah, yeah. militarizing. So I think that that's where it really if the, if we're assuming the Empire has to land on. The, one the Pokemon thing- world. Like, they have to, like, come down and, you know, like, sort of establish a beachhead. I reckon that's where they're going to struggle. Because Pokemon have, a, like, beam attacks that are quite, like, very powerful. And if you get enough powerful Pokemon, uh, I reckon you could form, like, a very strong anti-air kind of, like, shelling, oh, like, definitely. protection. Yeah. That would that would, it would really, take a while. Uh, yeah, it would take a while to penetrate. Especially with certain Pokemon, like, Skarmory and stuff like that that's made of steel. I just feel like Pokemon aren't used to hitting stuff in the air that can move as fast as a jet. Probably faster. What about... They, they, they themselves can move that fast, though, like... Like again, like- yeah, if we're assuming that they have to battle against strong flying type Pokemon, then they do. Also, the what you got to remember, Alex, is that like jets get shot down when they try mm. and land for the same reason, in that you can't <laughs> approach Earth at the speed at the full speed of a jet because I, I don't know if you know what happens, Alex, but it's not usually good. Yeah, like anti-air turrets don't like shoot and like anticipate where the jet's gonna be. Sometimes they do, actually, to be fair. Anti-air turrets are good at oh, yeah, that. We're not I mean, talking like, about anti-air turrets. No. <laughs> there are none of those in the Pokemon world. There are only Squirtles. <laughs> Squirtle, use Bubble Beam on that jet. That's another point as well. If they're trying to land on a beach, Pokemon have the elements. They can just fuck with the water. Like, one of them could use Surf and just wipe <laughs> an entire... If we use uh, Kyogre, then he'll just raise the sea levels. It's like, well, there's nothing to land on here. You fucked. <laughs> I, I think we've got to consider, Ash, that um, Kyogre and Groudon especially... Yeah, uh, they're, they're banned. Oh, no, I wasn't banned <laughs> at all. I was just saying that. What you got to remember is that there needs to be a livable world after this fight. So Kyogre can't do tons of tsunamis because, yeah, that would wipe out the Imperials. That would probably also wipe out most of life on Earth as well. You're removing the... The defending force. Groudon, Groudon can't just get rid of the ocean like he tried to. <laughs> yeah, because that would kill everyone. <laughs> you so, can't be... The thing is, yeah, you, we're, we're defending the planet, so yeah, you can't yeah. be indiscriminate because there needs to be a planet left over for us all to live on. So basically, basically, Rayquaza just has to keep bitch-slapping them two to stop them two from fighting as well. <laughs> Rayquaza might be dead at this point. If we're going into the context of the games, like, the, the majority of the trainers don't get past, say, level 60 until you like they're the elite four are the ones who get to like level 50 or level 60 so they're never all at max power either yeah but there's there's also an estimation behind that because when you play gold and silver red gets to level 80s to 90s yeah it's literally just if you are part of the league you're not allowed to exert a certain level you have to keep your pokemon at a certain level we have to assume that the ones defending it are going to be the biggest trainers they would be the they'd be they'd be the likes of like red gold silver yeah like those people probably even giovanni would help it'd be the league well it'd be the people who beat the league really because you wouldn't want the league defending the world when they're not allowed to get powerful pokemon than the league have a specific 
low-level team they have to use to evaluate trainers before they can fight the Elite Four. So the Elite Four's true abilities, and I assume most uh, gym leaders' true abilities, are on the Elite Four level. And then when you're getting your badges, it's like, well, this is my rookie team to figure out if this guy can get the badge. Because they're like, it's like getting your driver's license. Yeah, so we, so if we assume... Well, that, that also is actually proven in uh, the newest game, because in the newest game, their like, league isn't people battling out it's like you have to go through the gym still like you normally do yeah and then the gym leaders also take part in the league with their like with their actual team yeah so they you also see it in there where they have lower level pokemon in like you'll fight a gym leader in uh, the first four or five and then you'll fight him again in the knockouts at the end and they'll have higher level pokemon and different pokemon so they they have it. They'll have different level teams for different scenarios. So if we go with that as well, Sword and Shield have two different. I think two of the gyms swap out or something, um, and they also have. To, I think some of the order switches as well. So if we're going by that, they have different level Pokemon for different scenarios. So they exactly. So I think we can we can say that you sort of like your your sixties to eighties are like where the elite trainers, your gym leaders, your elite four, your like your ch- your former or current champions. That's where the their level, best teams. That's sits. where that's where their best team sits at. And then obviously you got scrubs below that, below that, below. So there's probably a decent population of of quite strong Pokemon to draw from. Yeah, so there'll be a good chunk, but I feel like I think I think the difficulty might be for the Pokemon world is is organizing them into a sort of military. That faction, was what I, I was gonna say. Um, you gotta remember the communication's a big part of this. If they're getting fucking shot at, are they gonna be able to communicate as well as they normally would be able uh, to, to tell them what to do? So in the mangas, they communicate with psychic Pokemon as radios. Mm. Ah. So, in, like, Lieutenant Surge mentions, which Lieutenant Surge in the manga is evil, but he mentions about using Abras and Abracadabras and stuff to communicate between different people in the... That's, different that's a good system. My, my fear is that a po- the Pokemon trainer is probably the most individualistic. It's like being a prize boxer, essentially. Like, there's no teamwork involved at all in terms of, like... Unless you're the protagonist of the game and you're working with your uh, your al- allies, that's about uh, it. Not a lot of people do actually go around as, like, double battle people and stuff like that. Oh, I suppose, but in terms of, like, group Yeah, but they're tactics, all really scrubby. Not... If there's little friendship groups, that could be more like guerrilla warfare, and at that point, that's actually harder to conquer than... Well, yeah, actually. That is... That's true. I I think there's definitely something to say that, but I think in terms of like a like a large, they definitely could do the guerrilla stuff, like Alex has said. Mm. But in terms, it'd be hard to get them together into one organized army, which might be difficult. Which, to be fair, that's how the empire lose. The empire lose to guerrilla warfare all the that's time. That's true. <laughs> but the empire in this instance aren't bringing like one thing that we can blow up that will end yeah, the yeah. battle. This is like we this have is to the wipe only them all the out. Yeah, they <laughs> we're saying like two or three star destroyers, and they come with yeah, a fuck easily. ton of troops. And also, you were got to remember they have artillery on them as well, so they could be and, bombarding down. And they have a Darth Vader. Yeah. Uh, well, Ooh. if we we take into account Vader, we he might have an Inquisitor with him. You never know. It, we can't have the Emperor. Does that's... Vader count as like a god Pokemon, like for Star Wars side, or are we let him have Vader? <laughs> I don't think. I think they get Vader because Vader's a person, not like I said. Vader isn't Jesus. Yeah, actually, <laughs> yeah. He, he has. Like, Although he is the chosen. He has weaknesses. Bearing in mind, a Pikachu could electrify him, and he'd fucking the, the die. Thing yeah. I didn't. The, the reason why I banned God Pokemon was because, like, I didn't want to have the discussion of like, well, this Pokemon can rewind time because I just don't need that in my life. 
Dialga, Palkia, uh, Giratina, they're, they're banned. We can allow elemental Pokemon, not shit that tri- uh, flips you into another dimension. That's Basically, where I'm going to lie. Fourth gen legendaries are banned because they're all of the god Pokemon. <laughs> Pretty yeah, much, yeah. yeah. Also, so, some of the later ones as well, the, the weird ones. I have yeah. thought with something on Pokemon's side, actually, is that. They can heal basically instantly on the battlefield. Like if that is very true. If they're smart, if they're sm- like a Pokemon, will get a lot. It will get injured. I feel a lot quicker than like a Tie Fighter or like anyone that's in some sort of metal like armor or something. But the the Pokemon has magic healing. The Empire has like healing very very like high standard like they can heal you up yeah but not instantaneously but like they they obviously have a limit because they can't bring limbs back right they can't like i feel like a pokemon could even bring a limb back if it went in the right when it saw madame pomfrey for a bit madame pomfrey (laughs) (laughs) on that that ground though do we want to then go by the anime rules of healing because they take a couple of days to heal sometimes this is true yeah so um Obviously, in the first, it was the first or second episode. Pikachu took a fucking day to heal, or something daft like that. So here's once again, it's it's Jez's unified theory of Pokemon. Uh, here's <laughs> my theory was always that a Pokemon Center did a full back to perfect health kind of situation, whereas a potion was like a quick like repair it's like a pick-me-up. job mm. that also came with like painkillers and maybe like some kind of like you know caffeinated or it's a drug cocktail (laughs) so yeah so it it it, theoretically it can get you back to full health in quotation you could you could fight as if you were 100 percent, but like the damage still remains it just puts it off till later until you can properly recover so it's not like a permanent it's like being numbed still an insane advantage for the entire army in terms of medicine pokemon is further ahead yeah, this is true. <laughs> um, was one thing we are forgetting in region. If obviously regions have different uh, specialities and stuff like that, uh, is it the new one, Gala, uh, the, the one that's just come out recently? They have fucking Dynamax and Gigantamax. They could just make giant Pokemon for holy for shit. A period. Yeah, those are pretty fucking powerful. And then, so, and then Sun and Moon has like Z moves, is it? Or, oh no, Sun and Moon was Megas. Then it was Z moves are somewhere. Yeah. yeah, I can't remember where. But like. They can just try. Uh, to be fair, that transformation does take like uh, you can only do it in certain areas, and it doesn't last very uh, long. Not technically, actually, the Dynamax thing gets dampened by certain devices, which is why mm. they do it in certain areas. Ah, uh, right, okay. That, it's technically the, the entire region can be Dynamaxed, but they sort of like nerf it with technology. That uh yeah, they do. So I think I think we need to uh, we need to make a call here because otherwise we're going to do the whole episode about this one thing, which wasn't really what <laughs> we were yeah. hoping for. And, I, and I've got so, a big one next. <laughs> I'd say that in a planetary defense scenario, it's entirely down to whether or not the Empire is willing to literally like massively overspend their resources. If the Empire just kept going, like more star destroyers after more star destroyers, I reckon eventually they could grind. The Pokemon the result out through sheer numbers, yeah. But if you were to look at like the concept of war of like risk versus return, if you are trying to conquer a a population of ten thousand people and you bring a twenty thousand army and it gets destroyed, and you bring another twenty thousand army and it gets destroyed, usually by that point you'd probably fucking just give up. So if the Empire is smart about it, they will go. They will be repelled. There will be massive casualties. It'll be like a fucking bad day for the Pokemon world, and then the Empire will go. We're not trying that again. For at least a while. And then the Pokemon will just heal up and 
it'd be the same situation again if they keep going. Pokemon can grind this out for a long time. Like they can just keep coming back for a bit and like it will be awful and probably horrific, but like they would make it We're like, talking make... month long months long crusades. I we're talking years maybe of just like constantly grinding out the like Pokemon regions trying the to bring them back. The only down. disadvantage I think Pokemon have is if they get caught off guard, they're not going to be able to organise quick enough. Oh, yeah. They will straight up get... They'll, if, they, if they don't know it's coming, which if we assume Pokemon's technology is similar to our own, we might see a fucking something coming into our orbit, but we might not know what it is until it gets really close. By that point, it's too late. They're already on the ground and they're already going to be taking stuff. But then if you take into account Rayquaza who literally leaves the atmosphere to check out what a meteor is. How far does he go like, out? Because if he starts <laughs> to get to the point where he's in space, TIE Fighters are going to be faster than he can. He can leave the atmosphere. Like he can TIE Fighters, I think TIE Fighters would fuck him up in space. Because he's not got the elements. Yeah, but he'd probably just come back to Earth. And TIE, fight, and, uh, tie Fighters don't normally shoot on sight either. I think they would see shoot on sight when a dragon came to what? Yeah, but they'd probably want to know what it was first. <laughs> they have to wait for commands. Like they have to wait for a command order. Mate, if he if he if he goes out into space, he's got to deal with star destroyers. I feel like the the big gun on a star destroyer might even be a Pokemon god. But again, they all like the Empire always sit there and go, "But what is that?" And like they want to see what it is first. I genuinely, right, I genuinely think, and I'm, I'm this is this is the last word of it because we need to move on. Yeah. Right? Ash wants to do his before we run out of time. So, I think that what would happen in the in the terms of the start of the war is that Rayquaza wouldn't come out to investigate them. They would cross into the atmosphere and the first maybe half a wave of TIE fighters would get like attacked from nowhere by Rayquaza. Then there would be a melee between the TIE fighters and Rayquaza. Maybe Rayquaza dies, maybe he doesn't, but there's like a lot of like fighting going on. In that time, the Pokémon world would take notice and begin preparations, meaning that the Empire can't catch them completely off guard and just wipe them out. And at that point, it becomes a waiting game of, like, grinding out a a, a war. Right. Ash, would you like to say yours? Wait, I have a... No, 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 no. Like, like, this is how I imagine it going, right? So, the Empire hears of this mystery planet, like, far off in, like, the solar system or whatever. The Galactic Empire or whatever. So... They, the Empire's already got a whole empire to deal with, so they don't send that many ships at first. They send, like, a couple of Star Destroyers to scour it out, and then maybe, you know, they have a fight, like, with Rayquaza, but maybe they win that, and maybe they get on the ground. By that point, they might send a couple more Star Destroyers because they've heard they've run into trouble. But I, do, I, I reckon that the Empire would... They'd let they'd let it fall if they didn't win. I think they'd let it fall into myth, right? Because they've got a whole em- empire to like. That's true. Deal with. I reckon the empire doesn't have the resources to commit enough dudes to the Pokemon world yeah. to actually take it. All right, that's our decision. We're standing by it. Ash, so take it away. So the universe I thought of instantly as soon as I was like universe versus universe, which I'm not sure if we talked about already on air, but I don't care. Is aliens versus xenomorphs like Warhammer? in general versus oh the God, alien yes. universe like because obviously the alien universe isn't just humans fighting aliens that's got like well as we've seen predators stuff like that, that is in the is same true. universe like the predator is within that universe what's interesting is that these these are so similar which is not a, an obvious statement because normally i'd be like what's boring is that these are so similar <laughs> but um the thing about the the xenomorphs right 
is that they are not like a swarm creature. They're like, they're quite individualistic, isn't it? They kill each other. Yeah. So I think that might be what makes the difference. The xenomorphs are all about hive mind, about serving the hive. They're all about like, like obedience. I think what happens is that like xenomorphs kind of like, uh, face hug a couple of, no. Yes. Xenomorphs face hug. I'm losing my mind. Tyranids. Yeah. Yeah. Who, so we're doing, um, aliens versus Warhammer. Yeah. Just we're yeah, doing yeah, aliens yeah. versus Warhammer. Like yeah, aliens. Made... So, but the Tyranids, the Tyranids are like a hive mind that look. They are quite similar to Xenomorphs. They are like a hive mind insect race that um, evolves by devouring other planets and taking on their best like. And, and stuff. by by devouring it, it's literally their ships aren't actual ships. It's just them floating through space, constantly. So walking. similar to the similar to the flood from Halo kind of thing, where they inhabit it. And yeah, then... yeah, and they just and they literally yeah. eat the planet. Um, <laughs> Are we going with Warhammer 40k or yeah, Warhammer? Yeah, Warhammer 40k. Because Warhammer 40k. 40K. There are, right. I don't think Tyranids exist yet in Warhammer. No, so the ter- in Warhammer they have the... In normal Warhammer they have Vermintides, like the Vermins. is like the, the somewhat equal... Yeah, it's their somewhat equal to Tyranids, but not very. Yeah, but no, I think... I actually think what would happen is that a Xenomorph face hugs a Tyranid, right? And that Xenomorph that is born from that face hugging is connected to the Tyranid Hive and is actually on the Tyranid side. And then so the what happens is that in terms of like combat strength, they're quite evenly matched. But every time a Xenomorph makes a new Xenomorph, it's on the Tyranid side. And, but the Tyranids keep making Tyranids. So they kind of like... The, they the, just the, outnumber it starts, them massively. It starts even and then it just slowly washes over as they just become one horrific unified entity that then goes on to probably eat half the galaxy. So they essentially join forces with the Tyranids and take out the rest. But not intentionally. It's more like the Tyranids the assimilate Tyranids, yeah, them. The Tyranids just go, you're now us. <laughs> yeah. Because I don't think the... the, the Xenom- I was just going to say, I don't think the Xenomorphs have any protection against psychic-based attacks. And the Tyranids have a massive psychic entity that kind of rules yeah. over them. Also, so like- also with the Tyranids, they're not technically a, like a specific shape. Like they are literally just biomass. They can just produce extra spikes to come out of their body. So if they need to combat something, they can evolve. Yeah, they can literally just yeah. evolve that one unit to be more like agile or more tanky. Like they can just build more on that body. Obviously, it has to be within that body's capabilities. Like they can't just make a six foot tyranid twelve foot. But yeah, they have also shown an ability when psychic. Uh, energy is a weakness of the enemy to develop incredibly psychically powered Tyranids that target the opponent's minds. So I do think that the Tyranids win this because they've just got more horrifying bullshit they can pull uh, versus the the Xenomorphs are strong. I think the Xenomorphs probably in terms of like 1v1 would probably win, but the Tyranid army as a whole is a much more effective conquering unit. See, I've got to bring in like so if so what happens in like the Ender's Game series? This is like totally offshoot, but could it? So uh, that's if you, all space if you, battles, like, isn't if it? you try and like if there's two different species trying to communicate psychically, like if the species are like w- really dissimilar, that's really tough. I feel like maybe like they wouldn't just be able to just psychic the xenomorph straight off, right? But counterpoint to that argument, Alex, this is where I pull out my fucking Warhammer 40k. Yeah, that's what right. I say. There's Use something... my book. <laughs> I'm here, boys. I'm here. I, I, I didn't have a, a good childhood, so I know a lot about Warhammer 40k. Um, <laughs> uh, basically, there is something in the Tyranid army called the Gene Stealer. 
And uh, their job is to go onto planets that the Tyranids are going to invade and develop psychic cults that uh, basically lure in the inhabitants uh, through basically the psychic equivalent of drugs. Like, they make them feel real good and they make them a part of their psychic hive mind so that when the Tyranids land and start invading, a lot of cities will just throw open their gates because there's so many cultists in the Gene Stealer cult. So they are literally equipped to basically just, like, overtake other other cultures via mind control, essentially. Mind fuckery. <laughs> By other cultures, you mean other species? Like, totally Yes, different. essentially. I think the okay. thing, the problem with Warhammer 40k is that everybody in the Warhammer 40k is incredibly dangerous. The humans are like these horrible, genetically modified monsters with these basically living gods leading their giant factions of like millions upon millions of soldiers. The elves are like these technological crazy things Wizards. you know the orcs <laughs> the orcs have the power to bend reality to what they think reality should be like and all their weapons work along the fact that like the orcs are so powerfully like deluded that they think it works so it does work yeah it's yeah. like the kind of thing. they they yeah. have a weapon called a killer can which is just a metal box with blades coming out of it and they just walk forward and it works yeah, because that's they can warp reality with their own delusion. So the th- so what I'm tr- the point I'm trying to make is that the the problem with Warhammer 40k is that everything is so dangerous that when you pit them against other universes, it's just not fair because these it's just a world where everything is the maximum possible level of danger and power that it could possibly be. <laughs> yeah, I was gonna say like what it sa- what it sounds like is that you've got an entire fantasy world of mind-bending abilities versus the perfect weapon which is also an animal it's just like so it's still one it's still a weapon then like yeah it, it's so, just another weapon aren't all of the factions fighting against each other anyway we've got to take yes. into account that they won't be on each other's side the only the only two factions that really work together technically three are the imperial of man and the Space Marines, because they are actually separate factions. But similar, and, and they're both human. Yeah, they're both human. And then there's yeah. obviously the Sisters of Battles that get added. Te- technically, yeah, basically not, but they count themselves as human. They do it for the glory. They do it for the glory of the Emperor. That's, so that's the one de- that development that we're going to have is how are they going to f- combat fighting four factions who are also fighting? We'll, we'll say, I don't know how many factions there is in 40k. Like, I, I genuinely think that either the Xenomorphs become a, a larger and dangerous part of the uh, Tyranid hive. And or, Tyranids win. Or, or, yeah, or the Xenomorphs enter the Warhammer 40k universe and just become a part of the never-ending yeah. constant cycle of, like, war where everyone's... That's all it. I'm thinking is, like, whoever we throw in is just going to join in on the never-ending conflict. It just conflict. becomes the constant, yeah, the constant never-ending the conflict. I think that's a, a fair assessment. Uh, with Warhammer 40k, I was thinking, what about Mass Effect versus Warhammer 40k? But all of them are also fighting in that universe. So it's just going to be one massive fucking again, war between fifty different bloody sets again, of like, people. In Mass Effect, they don't really have much in the case of combat capabilities. Like, no, as much it's as they're very similar war, to Star Trek. Yeah, like they try and democracy their way through everything, and then they have like a few armies. But yeah. there's not much. Now, if you throw the Reapers in, however, they're fucked. But the Reapers <laughs> are already in Warhammer. The Reapers are already basically in Warhammer because there's the Necrons, which are sentient robots. Ah, uh, so they would essentially just similar things with the Xenomorphs. We'd just do the just integrate with them. Yeah, that'd be the same as uh. like. Once again, I think the problem is that like I mean we've got some good discussion out of it, so it works. But the problem with this one is that they're two similar universes. Yeah, uh, they're just we may have stumbled. Each other. 
Yeah, we may have stumbled across a future fucking like cease and desist, desist between one of them and the other. But uh, I was actually thinking. So one thing I've always been interested in is um, is space versus fantasy. Uh, so technology I, so I, versus like magic, yeah, yeah, essentially. I was thinking it'd be interesting to see. I was I was trying to come up with which is a good magic universe to go up against, like a sort of quite generic sci-fi universe. Probably, maybe we'll do Star Wars again because it's always fun. It's a well, it's a well-known um, like space. Yeah, yeah, Star Wars is one. a good one. But yeah, but if you if you go off space magic, just go off with like Mandalorian style. Maybe Skyrim versus Star Wars. That could be interesting. I think Star Wars would win. Uh, do you think? You yeah, think the lack of technology? They, yeah, but technology isn't everything. What the most Skyrim Scott is just like a just dragon well, right? <laughs> I mean, Daedric lot princes of the old. Oh uh, yeah, I gotta forget about the other. But they're also not going to be too. Ha- uh, they're probably pretty happy about the world being blown up. Uh, no, and because they giants. want it. They want the world. Oh yeah, giants that can send a human. What are giants gonna do to a time? Well, fighter? I mean, get tickled again, for about twenty minutes and then they'd give up and drop a bomb on the fucker. The dragons go against the tie fighters. The giants are obviously going up against the ATATs, and we've seen the fucking tiny mm. little. Bears go up against AT-ATs, so yeah. it's not impossible. <laughs> Starcraft and the, and versus the, Warhammer 40k. That could be an uh, interesting one. That's another. That's too another similar. Too similar. Yeah, like, probably shouldn't. Probably shouldn't mention that. There's going to be some lawsuits yeah. after this. Yeah. <laughs> Let's hope nobody at Blizzard ever hears. Harry us. Potter versus Star Wars. Oh my oh god! god Harry yes. Potter would die. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know because what? they've. If you assume that everybody you basically is like, like ha- Harry Potter is basically in a community of Jedi that can also no, do no, right, every right. other magic thing. Yeah, but Harry Potter versus a normal gun losers. Harry Potter versus a trained assassin in the Star no, no, Wars no, no, universe. No, 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 but that's the thing. No, you're not. You're thinking bullets, right? Bullets travel faster than lasers. How fast does a Star Wars laser fly? We can see it. We can watch a Star Wars laser. We have said it's bizarre how I've said. I don't think I've said on air, but it is bizarre that I genuinely think that the laser blasters in Star Wars are worse weapons yes, than guns but, in real life. But what do the Mandalorians use to stop Jedi's slug launchers? S- slug which launchers. is just a normal yeah, bullet. No, but Ash, that's my point. That's proof that. The lasers, and, yeah. and we're doing no, no, Harry no, Potter versus Star Wars. Yeah, that's so I think what I'm, I'm, like, I'm leaning on the side of Harry Potter now. No, because they have slug launchers in Harry Potter's, in uh, Star Wars, so they just slug launch them at death. We also got to remember they're going to bring in... The, the, the Harry Potter universe communicate with the the Muggle-like side of things, so they just bring in a that's normal true. army. That's so they true, would, so they would probably bring guns as well. They would be like, listen, we need some Actual some guns. guns. But, then how, but then how well does that do against a Mandalorian? I don't know, once again, because kinetic energy is a thing, Ash. So that armor's good for lasers because they don't have any weight. But you shoot a bulletproof vest, you bruise and win the guy underneath it. You get him with, like, a chain gun, and you can smash into pieces, like, internally, even without actually going through the Kevlar. You've, we've got to assume that, like, Star Wars armor is, like, too too good for normal bullets because why would they have guns they do have guns in the Star Wars universe yet you choose That's what to I'm use like, lasers and, and Baskar you see him get punched by a robot like that death robot thing in Mandalorian that is true and he just stands back up like yeah what of it like it must have shock proofing in there as well to dampen that shock so like a bullet would just bounce off him and he'd be like yeah what of it so this, uh, the reason that the blasters are more effective is they can penetrate the armour whereas the uh, slug launchers Jedis don't wear armour um, so that's, ah, that's why they point. were getting fucked up by it. But the stormtroopers don't get fucked up by it because the armor deflects bullets. So it's like having bulletproof vests on, but 
everywhere. Oh, so yeah, the right. mu- I feel like the Muggle. If they, Harry Potter brings in Muggles, that's really quite worthless. I mean, apart from maybe like nukes, but even then, like they'll be able to redirect. I feel like the Star Wars universe could redirect nukes. You know what the Muggles can do for the wizards? They are excellent meat shields. While the wizards, do other <laughs> while the wizards, while the wizards have to say their magic. They can, they can. My question is, right, if if Star Wars, you know, if Darth Vader came down with an army of TIE Fighters, right, would the wizards be like, all right, killing curses are allowed? Because if so, that does, yeah. that's quite an effective weapon against guys with big armor. Like, But then we need to go into the ethical thing of that. Wizard, most wizards don't want to use that because it's that forbidden. And, and they're not allowed to use it against Voldemort. Well, I feel like there has been... I mean, like, I feel like there has been wizarding wars where there has been... Yeah, like, but um, the, the evil ones Kimberly. are the only ones who use the killing curse. Yeah, like I say, like, they well, don't... Maybe we need the... to get Voldemort on side to protect <laughs> us against Darth Vader. But then Vader. I feel like he's he'd side with Vader and just join him. I don't know. Yeah, because he'd be like, you've got to remember, they're both basically Hitler of their world. That's true. And also, <laughs> Vader isn't technically a muggle because I feel like Darth... Uh, uh, Voldemort would be like, well... I guess the whole people. lifting... Yeah, you've got some magic. You're not a muggle. And then that would... Yeah, we probably just made a worse problem there. <laughs> yeah, like... <laughs> we've just helped and, Voldemort. And Voldemort would be like, wait, so now I can travel in space as well. Oh, no. <laughs> ah, more Voldemort planets. would somehow convince Vader to join him and then Voldemort <laughs> would just dispose the Emperor and become the Emperor. Yeah, as as we know, Va- Vader is pretty much just waiting for a good excuse to depose the Emperor, so... <laughs> now he just brings in uh, Voldemort to help him. That, yeah, we've just created an even worse problem for the fucking and then people of the and then if Vader... so in, in harry potter versus star wars everyone else loses yeah pretty much <laughs> <laughs> it's it's either that yeah voldemort t- just like takes over everything or if voldemort has already been defeated like if this is post voldemort actually no because i was gonna say what happens if like vader's star destroyer turns up above earth and then Voldemort, I mean, no, Dumbledore just apparates into the Star Destroyer. <laughs> that would be awesome as fuck. Can you imagine? <laughs> just like, just, just, can we can we defeat Vader and his oh like Star Destroyer or even the Death Star by just letting Dumbledore apparate into the Death Star? Can Dumbledore take on the entire empire? So I'm, I'm this, is a, like, this is another of the classics. I don't know, picture of Vader sending a message being like, we're going to invade because for some reason they actually do that in Star Wars. And like Dumbledore just like does his whole like where he's like you're under arrest and he's like no I'm not and just claps above his head and disappears <laughs> in a flame like he just does that he's like we're gonna invade no you're not <laughs> this is another and we, we coined this uh, this particular theory in uh, in our Harry Potter episode this is another instance of uh, as long as you let Dumbledore do whatever it is he's planning all your problems will eventually go away like <laughs> yeah. being friends with Dumbledore solves everything we're like oh there's a giant spaceship over Earth and Dumbledore's like I'll be right back <laughs> so what what era Harry Potter are we going with here because if Dumbledore's alive I'm assuming Harry's in school because I always assumed and I don't know if this is true or not at all but I always assumed that once Dumbledore died and Harry became an adult Harry sort of became the new Dumbledore no, is that just no, 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 he's no, nowhere near no, as they powerful make a, they make a point of Harry being an average wizard like he's always not being that good at magic. He's just he's fucking okay lucky. Against... Yeah, he's got his whole thing is that he has good friends and like um, power of friendship, guys. Maybe, right maybe, maybe Hermione's the new Dumbledore then. But yeah, I honestly believe you could just you could send Dumbledore versus the Star Wars universe. I mean, not like the whole universe, but you could just you know send him to the Death Star. 
<laughs> the whole re the rest of the empire would still exist. I mean, Dumbledore's not going to take on the whole empire, but like he'd take out a big chunk just, of it. Yeah, I reckon actually, like he 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 apparates onto the Death Star, the Death Star. I don't know what became the Death Star. Onto the Star Destroyer, kills Vader, and then does some kind of like big mind spell that just makes the empire forget that earth exists yeah. and they just leave and we're just like that problem solved do, do, do the harry potter world not just use the like the charm that they have on hogwarts and like i'm guessing the other magic schools to just cast it over the all the whole earth <laughs> i don't think like, they have that ability that would be quite <laughs> I mean, cool if you if, get if, enough <laughs> people to do it there's schools yeah. across the if the all earth. the schools came together and just went let's do it i do like the idea of there being this big like fleet heading to earth and they get to earth and they get they run into that like like hogwarts spell and they're just like oh this planet's shit never mind and they go back but look and then later the it's just a moon <laughs> yeah and then later the emperor's like so did you take over that planet full of wizards and darth vader's like no shit we just left and came back and he's like what <laughs> it was empty there was no one there <laughs> there was no one there like, what do you mean there was no one there <laughs> The force told me they were there. <laughs> we can see it. <laughs> we sent a drone with a camera. We can literally see them. The drone. Uh, it cuts to like footage from the drone camera, and it's just Dumbledore waving. <laughs> There's just an old man there. <laughs> Are you telling me you wish me to destroy an old man, Master? <laughs> Is there yeah. not limitations to operate? Uh, operate though. So like. Isn't I know the whole point is you can travel from one place to another. Um, if he's trying to travel to space, is that not going to be a limitation? Because you can fucking splint yourself. Uh, Liam, here's my thought, right? He can travel between cities, yeah? Like, fairly easily. That's like 20, 30 miles. Maybe if it's like a bit, like a long distance, it could be like 100 miles, right? Space is only a couple of kilometers away. Yeah, this is true. Also, so it's actually very close. Yeah, suppose it probably wouldn't be too bad. Um, and he'd be able to see it, like, he could just look into the sky and be like, I <laughs> oh. want to aim for the middle of that. I love that quote, by the way. Space is just a couple of kilometers away, like, space yeah. is just two kilometers up, and that's it. That's it. <laughs> <laughs> space is close. Oh, guys. yeah, space is actually a lot closer than people think. Um, so, who are we deciding wins this one? Because I, I don't Harry know. Potter. Voldemort and Vader. <laughs> yeah, two different scenarios to it. Like, you got to remember, if we're going with Voldemort being alive, Harry's in school, Dumbledore's still alive, they could still fight. So, it could end up being a wizarding war with Star Wars just watching it above <laughs> and be so like, I'll take either, whoever wins. Yeah, it's either Voldemort like becomes the new emperor... Dumbledore annihilates them all, or or if Harry's still in school and um, Dumbledore just if sees Harry's the still em in school, if, Darth if, Vader becomes the next Defense Against the Dark Arts teacher <laughs> <laughs> and teachers have enough to use the Force. <laughs> or Dumbledore f uh, f falls to his fatal flaw in that he sees a new Dark Emperor and is just like, "I'm going to get Harry to destroy this man. <laughs> Send the boy." Don't worry, I've got a Harry Potter-based plan. If we go post-Voldemort being dead, who is actually left alive to defend them? Uh, that's a point as well. Post-Voldemort being dead, Dumbledore's already dead at that point as well. McGonagall's pretty good at magic. Yeah, but she's old as fuck. I'm pretty sure she dies a few so years. Yeah, as well. She's old as fuck, but that's kind of a good thing yeah. if you're a wizard. It seems to make you better, not worse. Valid point. <laughs> I, I don't think we can call a, a winner here. I think we just have to say, 
I don't think any of these scenarios ends well for anyone, really. Listeners, you choose which one you like best, and that's the one we're going with. And then tweet us like a fucking maniac, please. Yeah. <laughs> with the hashtag of you choose. <laughs> yeah. uh, the hashtag for this week is, of course, space is close, guys. Uh, <laughs> Liam, do you want to read us out? Yeah, so you can find us on uh, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, uh, at Peak Geek Podcast, and pretty much anywhere you can find podcasts as well, so give us a listen. Um, Also, if you do like us, uh, please give us a follow on Podchaser and review us. We we would really appreciate it. Give us a follow on anything. Uh, Follow us and subscribe to us on absolutely everything you can find us on, please. We just get better (laughs) feedback from Podchaser. Yeah. Well, I mean, that's the only one we've got. No, uh, no, I mean, know, like from the company, no. like they actually oh, yeah, email true. us instantly, being like, "Here, you got a, you got a follow, or you got a good news, fuckers, people like Please, you." Please uh, give us a follow and like us. We we would really appreciate it. And give us a tweet. Tweet us hashtag spaces close, guys. Uh, thanks for listening this week. We might get a, another one of these out at some point. Actually, to be fair, this is a this could be this an, an ongoing series. I, there's a few places we can go, forever, go with yeah. this. I I've got a few more ideas already. <laughs> but for the time being, uh, that's all we've got time for this week. So we'll catch you next week. Bye. Bye. Bye.